my favorite people in the world. How are we doing for real? Mental health check-in. Take a deep breath. Take a step back. How the fuck are we doing? What's going on? What's the tea? Do you know what I just thought about? So I went and hit record and I'm like, okay, we're going to record this. I wonder how many people's top podcast I'll be this year or just like on their chart. I'll probably be on my own because of like the listening to myself of it all to hear how people might perceive me the same way that we rewatch our own stories. You guys get it. You guys know. Um, But I hope I'm actually like checking in on everyone's well-being because I know the vast majority of you are Swifties. And as I'm recording this, it was Verified Fan pre-sale day. Now, I didn't try to get tickets. I'm not trying to get tickets for a lot of reasons. One of them being, um, I'm not a big concert person, but I've seen how many people desperately want to go on TikTok and like how much it means to them. And it like doesn't mean the same thing to me that it means to people that are like, deep and true fans of them like people with taylor swift like literally saved their life or they clung on to a really important lyric or it's a memory of a loved one or something like i love taylor swift and like that's it so i was like "Mm, i'm not gonna sign up for this because i would feel really bummed if i took somebody's spot because then i watched a lot of people not get the verified fan pre-sale because every single one of my tiktoks on my for you page is about taylor swift so i was like i'm not signing up um i decided that if i'm gonna go it's gonna be like a last minute i'll buy a ticket on resale or i'll go scalp one like i just don't want to take tickets from people that are like tried and true like till death do us part fans when I just like really really like Taylor Swift and she's my top artist but I'm also I don't love concerts so I was just like you know what I'm not gonna do this whole thing but every I I literally can't get away from it and I love the Swifties so I, I don't mind but every single TikTok for at least 50 scrolls on my FYP is about verified fan presale I'm stressed for you guys like I saw Ticketmaster crashed and then I saw this the capital one of it all and I'm like this is insane and quite nuts that one woman can literally do that I think it's kind of badass and like mad respect because that's crazy but I was thinking about it and I was thinking like what's a way to streamline this and I feel like I feel this way about a lot of things like every single time I go to the airport and I go through security I'm like what the fuck is going on like what would be a good way to streamline this process like what would be a good way to make this easier or better or what have you and I'm like they had to have thought about that do you know what I mean like they had to have sat in so many fucking meetings about this and they thought this would be the best way but they were still prepared like you know their engineers were prepared for the site to crash today so in my brain she did the best she could but like damn I also saw a lot of people crying I'm like listen guys like everyone's gonna get tickets if they want to go that's what I'm manifesting for you guys but yeah that's like what's at top of mind right now um I'm just gonna go through all my updates like what's second of mind what's third of mind what's second of mind for me is the white lotus like I need a big giant not gentle push to watch television shows specifically popular ones for god knows what reason I just I can't get into it I I can never do it when everyone's talking about it because then I fear I'll fall behind and I don't want to spoilers so I was just like I'm gonna start White Lotus um I'm going to give spoilers for the season one if you haven't seen it um and I literally am in love with it I think it's like artistic genius I'm like fucking obsessed I'm on episode let's check some of my computer oh isn't it on hulu i don't know what episode i'm on i think i'm on the third or fourth guys who was gonna tell me that this shit just goes so fucking hard it's so good the depiction of the characters are so realistic it's crazy town like i'm i'm obsessed i love it i think it's literally phenomenal and i'm at the part right now like i don't know anything i know that someone does die because like the beginning obviously is like the um flash forward but this is my take on it so the obvious thing of it and like how I feel right now and the suspense is that like the guy's wife that like really awkward just married couple with the horrible husband and like the kind of uncomfortable wife um my current thought is like okay like it would make sense if she was the one that was dead because he's coming back alone but I'm like no I think she leaves him I don't think because I think that would be way too obvious for what they're trying to accomplish here like I think that that would be way too like Law and Order SVU, like, when they go and attack, like, a guy who lo- mows lawns because he was, like, kind of, like, the obvious pick. But it's obviously not going to be the first person they talk to. I feel like that that's the dead giveaway. That's what they're trying to lead me to believe, but it's not her. I don't know who it is. The show is suspenseful as fuck. I'm really liking it. And everyone's telling me that I look like one of the two Italian girls in season two. So, like, I need to rush to season two because I'm just on season one right now. But I, I it's my new shit it's really fucking good and like damn damn that's all I have to say 
So last week we didn't have a show because of Tamron Hall. Like that whole being on TV aspect of my week like really threw things off. But I was like really blown away that that even happened. Like on Monday night they asked me to do it. I said yes. Tuesday all day I was freaking out figuring it out. Wednesday we went and shot it. And then it was live Friday. It was so fucking fun and cool. Like I I was shocked. Like the, the treatment that I got was crazy town. Like they could have literally set up a folding chair in the hallway and been like fuck you and I would have been like thank you but there was like snacks there was coke zero they were like do you want a coffee it was so lovely Tamron Hall was so nice she's so fucking pretty her audience was so nice like everybody was so kind to me it was really amazing so that's like why we didn't have an episode last week like that just totally threw me off and you guys know I keep saying over and over and over like things are gonna get better things are gonna get easier they're not like they weren't like that's not true um and I've just been learning to roll with the punches a bit because yeah, because that is what it is. Also, I've been really trying to figure out my whole entire situation with like, as you guys know, I was having like chronic UTIs and then I was having this like ovarian potential cyst problem. And then all of a sudden the hives came and then I started getting really terrible stomach aches and stomach problems. And I went to an allergist and she tested me for everything. And she told me, which I've heard before, that like a lot of people that have hypothyroidism and other autoimmune diseases are just susceptible to autoimmune reactions reactions and responses. Maybe that's UTIs, maybe that's hives, but I really don't like that as just the only answer. Um, and I also have an appointment with a GI, but the first thing I did was like be really strict about gluten, which I've never done before. Like I've never done the whole like, oh, no cross-contamination. Oh, I need a de- dedicated fryer. Like, oh, checking labels. And I've been doing that and I have felt so much better I can't even tell you like ever since I first knew of my gluten intolerance I've never done those things and like my first of all the first crazy thing that happened was typically I get two weeks of horrible PMS that's like debilitating and then I get the worst period ever for several days before I'll be like spotting and then it's like so heavy and it's horrible I got my period in the middle of the night I had it for three days it's now done it was like pretty much fucking painless except for the first day like I felt like relatively good for being on my period like that was crazy I the hives have gone away I also was on an antibiotic um and I just feel a lot better like so so much better and I'm feeling very grateful for that because oh I don't even want to think about it it's making me so nauseous to think about the stomach aches and everything so I'm still gonna go to the GI because I like I do want genuine answers I'm also gonna go back to my thyroid doctor but but that also threw us off last week but we're feeling so much better we're doing so much better and life is like really so thrive right now um the other thing I wanted to talk about was my new favorite thing in the world which is Emily Ratajkowski's podcast so Emily Ratajkowski has a podcast um called Hilo with Emrata and I listened to it because I saw a clip of her and Julia Fox talking on TikTok and I was like I really like them I feel like they have really similar energy and vibes that's really interesting so I went and listened and it was an incredible episode about the dynamics of gender as it relates to motherhood and being boy moms it was really fucking eye-opening and I just I like several things about Emily Ratajkowski's interviewing style. One of them is that she doesn't feel the need to agree with all of her listeners. Like Julie, they were talking about sex and Emily Ratajkowski was like, I really like sex and I have to have sex. And that's like the one reason I need a man in my life is that like I need, I need, I need to be fulfilled sexually. And Julia Fox was like, I don't need to at all. And Emily Ratajkowski didn't say something like, oh, well, like, you know, I kind of agree with you. Like she didn't like swing her opinion back. Like she stayed where she was and they had a really astute conversation. I was totally obsessed with the episode. I also listened to her episode with Alex Cooper. I started her episode with with, um z-way but i had to pause it but i'm gonna finish it i just am really fucking obsessed with her podcast i think that it's I, I, there's this thing and it happens to me all the time um when i meet a really beautiful person or a really beautiful woman i like want them subconsciously to be mean or i assume they probably are because they could get away with that because i don't feel like i'm like oh like you can't be beautiful and nice like that's so annoying and successful but like I took a step back and like realized how much internalized misogyny is embedded in that. And also like obviously like people that have that much pretty privilege are are dealing with their own set of issues that are like tremendously different from people who don't have pretty privilege in that way. But I was thinking about it and I was like it must – when you are that beautiful as Emirata is, Emily Ratajkowski is – It must be a little difficult because people, first of all, you never know who like just wants to fuck you and who just like actually likes you Um, or who wants to use you for that like faciness for lack of a better phrase and like or like ride you off as there's no way that somebody who looks like that could have a brain. Um, I hope she's mean like oh my god like she's definitely a bitch like there's definitely that of it all that's not like my lived experience that I never like thought about critically or like kind of reflected on Um, 
and I think that's really interesting and that's just like I don't know she's pushing past that really gracefully she was talking about like the fact that she wore this like really itty bitty like sheer dress and like all these people were like well she can't say that she wants to be a feminist then get taken seriously in that dress and I'm like no there's so much nuance and like that's just not true and like we're in this wave of feminism where like that is what we're embracing I don't know I think it's a really interesting listen I recommend it to everybody but also we have to talk about the Emrata and Pete Davidson of it all because that's just like Listen, y'all, it's almost meme worthy. I saw a tweet that was like Pete Davidson entering heaven and it's like a pic of him and Marilyn Monroe that was like photoshopped. I just like, it's so fucking insane. But like, listen, like people like tall, big dicked, funny guys with tattoos and it doesn't matter if they're low-key ugly. Like also, maybe if Pete Davidson was out on the dating apps, nobody would probably swipe on him. Like if Pete Davidson fucking was on a dating app, as a nobody, nobody would swipe on him. But he had the ability to show off his fucking great personality because he's in the limelight and how funny he is and sort of how like blase and cool he is. And he also has like the tall thing going for him. And he also has like the tats and that aesthetic going for him. And then it, and then he just becomes hot. Now, the other thing that's 100% true, and if you've ever dated a man and then you he moves on and starts dating some other like really cool, really hot girl, and you're like, what the fuck? It's because women make men more attractive. The men's associations with women make them more attractive. So, like, whenever you date, like, a sort of, like, nerdy, maybe awkward, maybe, like, not super cute guy, and then he goes off and everybody that he pulls after he breaks up with you was, like, so fucking hot, and you're, like, what the hell? It's because you upped his street cred. So, think about every single woman he's dated. Like, it compounds on top of each other. Like, oh, Kim K dated him? He must be sexy. Like, oh, Ariana dated him? Like, sexy. It's a shame. It's a shame. That's probably sexism. Anyway. Anyway, I kind of, I'm eating it up because like I know in my brain that I'm never going to date Pete Davidson. So I sort of love to see who he does date and where he is sort of on that, in that, in, in, in that way. It's really interesting to me. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's how I feel about that. Other updates. Um, I had Brazilian food for the first time. So if you're from Brazil, if you're Brazilian, so fucking good. I had no idea that those little cheesy bread, warm cheesy bread rolls are gluten-free. I don't want to say the name because I'll probably botch it or not do it right. So if somebody just let me know what they were. They're so fucking good. So my best friend Julia is from Brazil. Her whole family's Brazilian and she went to go to this Brazilian restaurant for her birthday dinner. And I'm telling you guys, it rocked my fucking world. It's on in the West Village called Baramacu Brazilian Kitchen. It's like B-E-R-I-M-A-C-U. So fucking good. I had like this like beef stroganoff, stroganoff thing and it was literally to die for. There are really good gluten-free options and it was just so fire like I can't even describe how much I was obsessed with it other things I was obsessed with was spectating the New York City Marathon for my first time I've never spectated I'm hoping to run next year really randomly um I just like kind of got emotional watching it and I think that that's like a normal reaction but I didn't expect that a lot of my friends ran and I was so proud of them and like they finished and everybody was healthy and is good and it's just like so lovely such a celebration of life and I really enjoyed myself I thought that was so much fun my cousin ran I got to see my family it was amazing um I like revived my cheese board making this weekend also it definitely is a little bit rusty and needs some work but I'm going to Texas on Friday and so maybe I'll revive it there I will be in Austin on Friday night um for some kind of a of a fraternity sort of ritual that's legal (laughs) it's not like hazing um that's like my boyfriend's little brother's thing so we're gonna go do that um in Austin and stay over the night which is my favorite city in the world I'm so fucking excited to be back if you're there and you see me out please say hi I definitely won't do any meetups or anything I I tend not to do that when I'm in Texas visiting since it's not like my place um Maybe if we go out in Houston, um, that's where we're going after Austin, I will maybe post like where I am one of the nights um, and I would love for you guys to like come out and hang out, but I'm definitely not going to do like a formal meetup and I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, It's just I really want to spend that time privately if that's okay, which it has to be because I've said so. Um, So that's really exciting. I'm really excited. I'm actually flying there alone. It's this whole thing. I'm kind of nervous, but I think it'll be great. Um, and I have the National Book Awards and this Free People event and these volunteering to do before then. So I've been running around a little bit craziness, but like there's no complaints from my end. Like the minute that I ever become somebody that like doesn't think the shit I'm doing is cool or I act too fucking cool for school or entitled like I deserve it or arrogant, like literally DM me and be like, fuck you, bitch. 
don't say that be gentle be like hey girl you told us um at minute 15 and 12 seconds of your podcast or maybe a little bit later because there's gonna be ads um on you know november 18th you told us to like tell you not to be this way like I'm never going to complain because I'm so grateful, but maybe I'll complain to my therapist. That's, that's, that's my outlet. You know what I mean? This is for good and positive vibes only. Um, okay. The one other thing that's like, actually the two other things, the first one, the Glee podcast, let's talk about it. First two episodes, really good. I thought it was great that they had Ryan Murphy on. I thought it was engaging and interesting. And then I went to go listen to the third episode while I was getting my nails done. And here's my takeaway. Like they just like, I, I don't really know what a recap podcast is supposed to be, but they just sort of like recounted through the episode that I've already seen a million times. And they mentioned like some interesting stuff like, oh yeah, like Corey couldn't get his visa because he's from Canada. So we met him last and like, you know, um, such and such was standing in for him. But like, I don't really care about that. Like I want the tea. You know what I mean? And people are like, well, they're not here to spill tea. They're here to like reminisce on Glee. I'm like, yeah, but like the tea of it all is like half the thing with Glee. That's like half the like swan song of Glee. Like it really is. And so for that, I'm a little bummed because I'm like, where's my tea sort of? Um, But ultimately, it's a decent listen. It's a decent listen. But I'm not clamoring to listen to it week after week, if that makes sense. Okay, and the very last update is that I just today did the most amazing podcast photo shoot. It was seriously incredible, and people are probably like, why are you doing this kind of thing? Like, are you doing a photo shoot? Um, The whole reason is, like, I need a website for my book, and I don't have a single professional photo of myself at all. I've never had headshots. I never, like, my LinkedIn photo was, like, a photo of myself that was taken like by a friend like I've never had professional photos and a lot of things that I get like written up for have to do I have to send in like a cool photo of myself that I would want to be put somewhere or even when I do my consulting work for TikTok they use like an iPhone photo of myself and like a lot of photos of myself I'm holding like wine or champagne I just like I wanted to have something that was indicative of me that could be like a portfolio of those sort of professional photos Also on my website, um, I need to have that. So I was working with the same creative director to help with the social media for the podcast, the website, the podcast in general, just my brand. So we decided to like kick things off with a photo shoot just to sort of help um, the rest of all of the other stuff that we have coming up the pipeline and just like with the proximity to the book and everything, I just really want those professional pics so we did that today it was really fun and incredible I think by the time you're listening to this you'll have seen them they're like amazing photos the photographer and creative director I worked with are incredible and they'll be tagged in absolutely everything so I'm so excited and yeah I'm really excited for this next new chapter I mean I got this advice one time when we were talking about this today but I got this advice where I was where someone was like you have to treat everything you write like it was going to be going in the New York Times you have to treat everything that you do and write like it's going in the New York Times and I thought about that a lot um throughout this whole process and I also think there's something to be said about like when I started this it was as a hobby for my class audio audio journalism and engineering like I didn't do this because I like needed to have a podcast and then I really fell in love with it and at that time I had no money to put into it and of course like things have really changed now and I'm so grateful for that so I think like there's something to be said about finding a balance between both but like do things that you're proud of that it's you putting out your best work but like back then that was my best work when I was living in the windowless bedroom and I was in grad school like that was the best I could have done or maybe that was the best I could do then but the best that I can do now is something that's different and I'm really proud of that so I just wanted to mention that as well because why not okay but now to get into this week's episode we've had tons of fun the last few weeks tons of guests but I wanted to do an AMA because I feel like we haven't talked one-on-one in a little while which is weird because we've been doing ton of solo episodes for that but I'm back with the AMA so I think I'm just gonna dive in you guys gave me a lot of great questions and always remember that my I'm not an expert my first answer is always therapy and asking for help and that my I don't I have little tiny boxes of questions so I'm going off of what I think that you meant um I don't have the full story and there's nuance and gray space to everything um okay so let's get into it so how to reject a guy who asks you out who you've been good friends with um 
I think it's really interesting thing when someone that you're really close to asks you out romantically and you're not interested I think you just have to put yourself in their shoes and think to yourself how would I like somebody to approach me and I think that's true of a lot of things when you're in awkward situations so what I would want someone to say if I had asked them out and we were really good friends and they didn't feel like it I would want them to say like that's really sweet like I would love to spend more time with you but I don't see a romantic future between us and I really want to keep our friendship where it's at right now and I hope that's good with you as well. Just showing them like I want to keep our friendship here right now and that alludes to the fact of like I'm not going to let it get weird because you just asked me out and of course like if somebody asks you out and you're friends with them and you say no thank you it might take them a little bit of time to be like yeah now we're still bestie like do you know what I mean it might take them like it might be a slow gradual build to get them back to where they were before because like obviously they have feelings for you so they're gonna be bummed so I wouldn't like rush them but I would say that if you propose it as like I really want to keep our friendship where it's at right now like I don't see a romantic future between us and you mean a lot to me I think that like kind of gives them the space to like have their quick grieving moment and then you guys can go back to being friends like you were before okay someone said how to spice up long distance and I have two really good ones and I think it's a great question um given my current two really good ones that I was just talking to people about so the first one is and you can also do this with a long distance best friend or sibling like it's kind of universal um you're going to pick like a time so let's just say it's like 7 p.m eastern and a day and you're both going to send each other a surprise meal surprise dessert and surprise bottle of wine and then you're going to facetime each other at the same time and like unbox your surprise meal and then just talk and chit chat and hang out on FaceTime and I think it's like a really cute way to spice up a date night like that isn't just like oh let's both FaceTime each other when we're eating it's like oh what did you get me it's like the cute gesture and the surprise of it all um and then the other thing in terms of like sexually spicing up long distance that I would do is I think a really good line to use is like what would you do to me if you were here right now um I think sexting and like video sexting and like FaceTime sexting and all that and like phone sex is really like great currency when you're in a long distance relationship. I know not everybody's comfortable with that. I definitely have never been in like a long, long distance relationship, but I've definitely done those things with people that I have had distance with um, at some point. And I think like you just have to get over the fact that it is kind of awkward that you're like having FaceTime sex, that you're going to like get off and they're going to get off on FaceTime. And like that is what it is. And like it's fun to have vibrators in the mix. It's fun to like dirty talk is really fun and like it's I think to start you can just be like what would you do to me if I was like with you right now um and just like get over that little hump of discomfort because nothing is awkward unless we make it that way and nothing is embarrassing unless we make it that way and so I think like just and laugh about it it's funny it's silly like do whatever you're comfortable with but I think that the phone sex of it all if you haven't been doing that and like the FaceTime sex is can be really fun and you can start it by like sending some spicy pics or like I don't know like ask him like have you been thinking about me like have you been like wishing that we were together having sex like I wish you were here just like all of those things like it, it doesn't need to be too complicated I just think it like brings you closer together and like reminds you what it feels like to be intimate in that way with one another without like explicitly being intimate in that way with one another if that makes sense but good luck I actually think that when you're with the right person long distance relationships can be kind of nice because you get that independence but then when you're together it's like so fiery and passionate and like the chemistry is so there and it's just it's amazing okay how to tell the guy I'm talking to that I'm a virgin and she also mentions that she's 21 years old I'm just gonna say what I would do if things were heating up between myself and the other person and we were like kind of heading in that direction to have sex for the first time and you want to I would just like split away while it's heating up like if they've insinuated that that's going to happen and you would like to and I would just be like hey I just want to let you know like this is my first time like it's not a big deal I just like haven't found someone that I was like down to do it yet with and like hadn't really felt right but like I think you're really cool and um I feel really comfortable but I just want to let you know because I'm like inexperienced and it would just like make me feel better that you knew like make it really chill it doesn't need to be a big deal and if it is a big deal different story then I would definitely have the conversation separately from like 
right before sex but like for me virginity wasn't that big of a deal and like I was 17 so he just assumed I was a virgin um and then also like he knew because we're friends we're in the same friend group but like I really think that it's the kind of thing that like if it's you just are a virgin because like it's not like a religious thing or like something that's really really important to you and like it needs to be really special for you you can just do it in the moment I think like if it is something that's like so important to you and like you've been waiting for the right kind of person and like that's how you feel about it I would like sit them down and talk to them about it just because I think like if something's important to you you should have the conversation in an important setting if something's sort of like meh like I want to have sex I'm ready then just do it in that spur of the moment but good luck be safe remember no is a full sentence and yeah have fun Okay, wide range of things, but someone asked me to talk about my thoughts on the Emily Henry books. So I didn't read People We Met on Vacation because I, I read like the synopsis and I saw how it jumps back and forth and I really don't like that style of reading. It I struggle to um, pay attention with those. But for book lovers in Beach Read, what I really just like liked is that she sort of turned that rom-com genre sort of on its head which is so interesting because everybody knows like how that typically goes like that rom-commy sort of like how that type of book everybody knows that type of book and like how cheesy it can be and I just loved first of all her writing in general is like so beautiful and incredible but I did really just love how she was able to kind of make it ironic and make it a nuanced thing um that was amazing so I stand I would read book lovers first I think that's my favorite one Someone asked what the most romantic thing I've ever experienced was. I dated a guy who was very romantic in the like La La Land writer, artist, creative sort of way, which that's how, that's the type of romantic I am. I sort of prefer like a Jay Gatsby mysterious sort of romance. So if we're thinking about it in like the literal cheesy, helpless romantic sense, like probably something he did because it was like always pretty romantic, but it was like just like you know what I mean like oh like you like flowers like I brought them for you like things like that that they were like sort of I don't want to say cheesy because like it was cheesy in a good way um but I'm trying to think of like something that's really romantic that's happened to me like recently oh it was probably like my first valentine's day with my boyfriend now who we've obviously been together for almost two years but we weren't like officially dating on valentine's day and he'd asked me what my favorite restaurant was and I told him it's actually attached to a hotel and I was like the really cool thing is that it's attached to like my favorite hotel I just like threw that in there as a mention because like we weren't talking about staying at hotels or eating at restaurants so he made the reservation at my favorite restaurant which is the standard bar and grill which is attached to the standard hotel and um he like asked me to meet him there and I met him there and he gave me a card like a valentine's day card when we sat down for dinner and there was a room key in the card and it fell out onto my lap and when we got upstairs there was like a bottle of champagne and like it was just it was really romantic and I was like very smitten by that especially because I'd never had a valentine's day like that so it was really I was like wow this is so romantic um probably that though okay is it possible to feel lost while in a healthy relationship 100 fucking percent like 100 percent I can't stress this enough like the thing about being lost that's so interesting and sort of cool is that like if you're lost right and like you're on a path that like you don't know where you're going like I don't know how to get where I'm going like inherently you're going to find your way but while you find your way you might find other things too like you know when you get lost and you're like oh my god it was crazy we were lost but then we stumbled upon like the cutest diner and we had the best lunch of our lives like when you get lost is when you make memories um it's when you like find and discover things and I think that there's this idea that when we're in a relationship it's like love yourself before someone else can love you I don't believe in that at all um I think it's more like be aware of yourself be in attempts to love yourself, be working on yourself in order to make somebody follow suit in that way. It is completely and 100% acceptable to feel lost while also being in the best and healthiest relationship you've ever been in. And what I can't stress and recommend enough is just communicating that to your partner like, hey, listen, lately I've been feeling like X. It's, I don't know where it's coming from. It's driving me insane. But what I need from you is why. And that is just going to set up your relationship for success it's going to set future you up for success and just remember while you're feeling a little lost that just means that like you haven't found the directions to your destination yet but it just means you're going to stumble on that cute little fucking diner on the way there and it's going to be awesome okay somebody asked gifts for significant others family members okay so I think 
Listen, I think once you know them really well, it's a lot different. So this is like my sixth or seventh time visiting their hometown. It's a bit different. Where like I would bring his mom like a skincare set and some of my favorite makeup products. I would never have done that when I first met them. The best like first meeting or like early first few times that you're visiting someone's house is to get them a custom like cutting board or cheese board and you can get them on Etsy and they're like literally 50 bucks to get engraved with their last name or their last initial or whatever it is and just like some nice cheese knives. If you live in the area, you can then... And bring like over a little cheeses and stuff to make a cheese board I think that's like totally cute I think like artisan olive oils artisan salts artisan lotions all really good um really beautiful hand towels I don't think candles are good because you don't know what kind of scents that they might be allergic to or not like um but once you get to know them that's like definitely a different story I've brought coffee table books I've brought like a coffee milk frother I brought his mom all these skincare products and makeup products one time um this time I have like a tote bag for her because she does like teaching she's a teacher and it has like their initial on it and I have like artisan olive oils artisan salts um a candle that I really love and then like these really beautiful hand creams that I really love so just like a little gift bag is what I'm bringing her this time around like it it varies for me but like I and I always bring cupcakes for his brothers um from Baked by Melissa because they love them so like I just try to like and even just ask your partner like what are your parents like there are like wine subscriptions you can bring artisan chocolates that you can bring a bottle of champagne like the world is really your oyster in the same vein someone said when can you introduce a potential partner to your parents and I don't really think I don't believe in timelines for like anything not romantic relationships like nothing like I literally think you can move in with someone a month after knowing them if it feels right to you and you have a gut instinct that it's the right thing so for me I think you should introduce your parent your partner to your parents like when you have the gut instinct that it's gonna feel right like if you like so for example in my situation like and this happened to me twice like I started dating a guy on March 9th I'll never forget and then for Easter literally a month later his parents came to visit because that was just like something they always did and like he couldn't really be like I'm in college with a girlfriend and like my parents are visiting and I'm an only child and they're not gonna meet her like it was just like the thing was like all right I'm gonna meet him and like yeah I'd only been dating him for like literally a month but like maybe even less but like it was like time and place and it felt right and it was fine I mean if your parents are super like conservative and serious and like you know your family dynamic like just play up like think about that and communicate that with your partner like I could literally introduce my dad to a guy I had a one night stand with and he'd be like yo dope what's up like my parents are not like serious they're like very fucking chill people so I would introduce them to anyone at any time and like not even have a second thought about it and if they never saw them again that wouldn't be a problem for me it wouldn't be a problem for them other people entirely different and I get that personally I think like you should just make sure before your partner meets your parents they meet your friends so that they're at least a little bit comfortable like around your people and then like I would say the same thing for you like that's just important okay someone said tips to get him obsessed I've definitely talked about this before on the podcast but I'm just gonna reiterate it men fall in love in the time spent apart from you when they get time to think about you and like I have dated super guys that are super not like forefront emotional who have been like when I go 72 hours without you like I'm really like damn I miss her and I'm like fuck yes like it you have to give him that time and it's so hard because you're like I always want to be around you and if I'm around you then you're gonna know how much you love me that's how women fall in love we fall in love through like intimate discussions and having sex and like the intimacy of it all they don't and they like sex but it's like a very physical thing for them like we know that right so I think that like what you need to do is give him that space to think about you subconsciously and you can like add little treats and tricks in there to like help move that along like spray your perfume on his shit when you give it back you know all those little things just to like aid in him thinking about you but like why do you think like when you um tell a guy that you're not like really interested in him or something or like let's just say a guy says like oh, I'm not into you and you move on and then all of a sudden they come walking back because people like what they can't have. So you have to make yourself ever so slightly unavailable and I'm not saying to play games because I think they're immature but like make yourself ever so slightly unavailable and give him the time to think about you and trust me when I say all of a sudden he's gonna be like, 
wait, where's my, where's my text? Like she's always texting me. Like, what is she doing? And like, listen, if it doesn't work and it backfires for some reason, and then you feel like you ruined it with that person, they weren't the right person to begin with for you because that wouldn't ruin it with them. Do you know what I mean? And like, if they really liked you, they're going to double text. So just be a little bit unavailable, be busy, be thriving and just watch how he gets so obsessed. And trust me, it works. What do you do when a guy or person says that they want to see you and you go to their party and they're hooking up with someone else at the party? Okay. I think people are just like in general stupid, (laughs) especially men. Like how many times has a guy been like, you know, like, like if you're not, if you're exclusive with him, I would be like, fuck you. I'm never talking to you again. But if you're not exclusive with him, like you've hooked up with him a few times, he says he wants to see you come to this party I'm throwing. You have to assume that when you're not exclusive with someone, they're probably also talking to other people, flirting around, especially in college hookup culture. And you have to assume that if you're doing it, they're definitely doing it. So I assume what happened was he told you he wanted to see you and to come. He also told other girls that as well. And he just hooked up with one of them that was there. And he thought he wasn't really doing anything wrong because he's not verbally committed to you. And while technically, as the rules go, he didn't do anything wrong, I mean, is that really the kind of person you want to be with? Like, it doesn't sound like that made you feel good. It wouldn't make me feel good either. It sounds like it was a really big fuck up on his part because he said to come. He said he invited you to this party. You go. He's hooking up with somebody else. There's a million reasons as to why that could have happened. But ultimately, it doesn't sound like he makes you feel good. And because of that, I would I would say that you should maybe just put it to bed. And I wouldn't put it fully to bed, but I would put the idea that you would ever want to date that person to bed because I don't think they're the kind of person that's going to be a good partner. Um, Yeah, but, like, if you want to have sex with them or hook up with them or whatever, do something casual, I think that's fine. But, like, take back your power. Like, now you know their vibe. Now you know that they're hooking up around. Um, And if you're okay with that and you're also going to hook up with around, then I would say it's fine to, like, hook up with them and be super casual with them. But I wouldn't get invested with somebody like that It just sounds like he doesn't have your best interest at heart and you deserve better. Okay, somebody said how to hold space for both a best friend and a boyfriend. Um, You know, I think there's a lot there when like if your best friend gets a boyfriend, they inherently are going to have less time for you, like physical time. Like if you saw your best friend every single day and they have a boyfriend now, like you're inherently going to see them a little bit less because they're going to be seeing that person. I think the problem is when the dynamics and the priorities change is when it becomes like issue an issue. Um, so when you, you, <laughs> well, when you get a boyfriend, I think you just have to be super intentional. Obviously, you're going to be spending less time with your friends because there's another person, another additive in your life. First of all, a good partner will urge and encourage you to always choose your friends. And I'm really lucky and fortunate to say that that's something that exists in my life. And and I don't have a partner that's saying, you know, you spend too much time with your friends. I don't think that's somebody I would want to be with. Um, But I think it's just intentionality. Like you need to do your part to be intentional and your friends need to recognize that they might see you a tiny bit less. But when you're together, the dynamic is no different. The effort you're putting in is no different. The effort you're receiving from them is no different. And it's still the same. Things change when we get into partnerships, but they shouldn't change that much. So I think intentionality, communication is really important and communicating to your partner how important it is that you get to see your friends and how important it is that he encourages you to take time away from him to see them as well. Okay, did you ever have a diagnosed eating disorder and how often do those thoughts come around again for you? I never had a former formally diagnosed eating disorder because I didn't seek treatment um I probably should have not inpatient but outpatient um I would say that if I had been diagnosed it would definitely have been binge eating disorder um I definitely had anorexic tendencies I don't know if I would go so far as to say that I suffered from that specifically because the binge cycle was always something that came around um for me every day when I was struggling with that In terms of like how often those thoughts come back, I would say that I'm really like I the way that binge eating went for me is that I worked really hard to break it and I still struggled and I would still like relapse. And then one day I woke up and I didn't feel like doing it anymore. I wouldn't say that I'm 100% like I don't do it anymore. Like I, I definitely have tendencies still and I definitely like will struggle against those thoughts but really not that often the thoughts I do have are critical thoughts about my body and body dysphoria um if I'm just being honest with you guys I had like a conversation 
recently where I was like, I just don't really know like what my body looks like. And I know that that's like body dysmorphia, but I was like, it's something that saddens me because I've worked so hard to undo these thoughts and I've struggled against this battle for so long. But I think like the thing that I always tell myself is that I'm never going to be fully cured from these things like anxiety, the things I carry with me and things that I've worked through. Um, I would say that like most people that are on the other side of all of this, like have a once a day or like once every few days thought about criticizing their body. But now we know how to work against those thoughts instead of succumbing to them. So I would say that's the big difference for me is that I sort of have an act of undoing and a ritual of that embedded in me that when I have those toxic negative thoughts, I know how to reroute that energy. So I'm really hoping that if you're going through this right now, which it seems like you might be, that you are in treatment, that you are getting the help that you need and deserve, and that you are able to unlearn some of those negative thoughts that have been entering your brain in pursuit of maybe ones that make you feel a little bit better. Okay, this says going on a sixth date with a guy. When do I ask to define things? I think around the six and seven date mark is a good time to ask where someone sees something going. And I have like an example of this that's um, in relation to STI testing that like it works if you don't have an STI. But if you do have one, like you can't use the trick that I have because it's about like telling them that you got STI tested and you don't have STIs. So I wanted to offer another alternative because that's not super inclusive to people that do have STIs and there's no stigma against that. And I have a lot of girls in Geneva that talk through living with an STI, dating with an STI. I personally don't have that experience. So I don't want to, I don't want to give my two cents on it, but I would a hundred percent go on my Geneva chat, which is in my bio if you do have that experience. Um, But I would just say like after six or seven dates, you can just see like, say like just out of curiosity, what brought you to the dating apps or just out of curiosity, like what were you looking for when you started dating or just out of curiosity, where do you see this heading between us? Um, And if they say like, I don't know, where do you see it heading? I would just say something like really vague, like, you know, I really enjoyed getting to know you and I hope to continue to see this progress. Like that's not weird. And if somebody found that weird, I know like the anticipation of rejection sucks, but if somebody found that weird, you simply do not want to be with them. If somebody found you expressing your desires, your wants, your needs to be bizarre, to be weird, to be something you shouldn't be doing, like they're not the gal for you. They're not the guy for you. They're not the person for you. I promise. Okay. Somebody says how to cope with parent who has disease or illness. Um, so I have experience with this. Um, I'll tell the story in as short a period as time. I really don't like to talk about it and would prefer not to, but I'm going to be brave enough to do it because I think it's important to answering this question and it's a lived experience that I carry with me. So when I was, um, a sophomore in high school, uh, we were on a plane to go to Disney and my mom sort of like went into a bit of a, like, I wouldn't say cardiac arrest. That's what they thought it was, but like her blood pressure like dropped and like, it was very scary. She started throwing up and like sort of having an episode and like they almost landed the plane. But then there was like an OBGYN on board who was able to like nurse her back to health until we landed. And then the paramedics had to rush onto the plane and take her off on a stretcher. And it was like really, really fucking scary. And like, it's part of the reason I don't like flying and I really don't like to talk about it. Um, when we got home from the trip, they didn't know what was wrong with her. And it kept happening like all the time. She would just like drop to the floor and have these like crazy episodes. She like couldn't drive, couldn't go anywhere. This was basically from my fresh, my sophomore year of high school through my senior year. We were trying to figure out what was wrong with her. And like every test came back fine. And then eventually she got diagnosed with Lyme's disease, which was late stage, meaning it wasn't addressed. Um, and because it wasn't addressed, then when she um, didn't, cure her limes or get treatment for it she developed Meniere's disease which is an inner ear imbalance it's luckily um, not fatal but it is really difficult to live with and causes depression and anxiety amongst tons of other things and those attacks that she was having were basically vertigo but my mom also does have low blood pressure in general and a ton of other health related issues and because of that this is worse so basically she's deaf in one of her ears and she has like constant tinnitus which is like ringing in her head she can't like really multitask or like hear a lot of loud noise at once or like flashing lights or anything like that um she's on a lot of medication she can't really drink that much um there's tons of foods that she's supposed to stay away from she's tried every treatment in the book so if you have the experience of a parent or family member with Meniere's disease um you can let me know like I 
I understand how troubling it is and luckily like the drugs she has now are kind of like save me drugs so she feels an episode coming on she can take one and then it doesn't happen so that's allowed her to have a bit more ease back into her life for example she can drive because if she feels it coming on she can pull over and take her meds um or like she can go on a trip and travel because she has the medication which is like really really helpful but Meniere's goes through stages also so there's been times in our life that she's been very very healthy and times that she's been very very sick and bedridden um I really like I said don't like to talk about it just because it's difficult to think of someone that you care like and love so deeply and care about so deeply like weak or like not okay and like thinking just about like all the hospital visits and like the scare of like not knowing what it was for a while was really scary and I I really feel for people that have it way worse than I do because my mom always says like this is something that she can handle and manage but obviously it's really tough to see like to have been there for all of those episodes and all of those like dropping to the ground calling the ER to our house like none of that was fun um and they say you can drown in an ocean and you can drown in a puddle so I like to remind herself of that because she's like well it's not you know this or that terminal illness or anything like that but I do have health anxiety um so this is something that I've really struggled with and it's really it's really hard for me too and so I don't have a, a perfect answer for you I think for me it was a lot of like finding faith and trust in the universe and like sending good and positive energy it was a lot of keeping myself busy it was a lot of asking that parent what they needed from me and how I could be helpful it was a lot of asking her like how her life might feel better and be easier it was a lot of anticipating her needs and like there's no one way to handle and manage that it was a lot of therapy um but I think that talking about it does really help um when I talk about these things, I tend to feel better when I talk about it with people who are close to me because I don't talk about it with people who aren't close to me just because it's like a lot and makes me upset. Um, but I'm thinking of you and, and hang in there and I hope that you find that person that you feel comfortable talking to it about about who maybe isn't blood related to you, maybe isn't on the inside of this experience because it's so much and like I I can't describe to you how much I resonate with the feeling and like I don't even know exactly what's going on with you but I'm thinking of you and sending you like all the good energy and vibes that I can and I think I'm going to switch the subject now because that was a lot for me but I also just hope that in solidarity like you knowing that I experienced this too might make you feel just ever so slightly better to know that you're really not alone and if you ever want to talk about it one-on-one please message me and I'll be happy to talk to you about it one-on-one because I think that's the most that I'm going to say on here because I'm trying to protect my inner peace as it relates to this. But I feel you, I hear you, I see you, and you're really, really heard and loved by me. And if you need the support, message me. Okay, <laughs> changing the topic to a little something more, a little lighthearted. What are your best and worst experiences out of the country? I've never had a bad experience out of the country because I feel so fucking privileged and lucky that I've ever been able to travel out of the country. Like, it makes me, like, feel so amazing. And I, like, can't even believe that I've been able to have those experiences. Um, and because of that, like, I, I, it shocks – like, I literally – it shocks me. So the fact that I've had those experiences is, is fucking nuts. Um, and, yeah, it's wild. So um, – I, I can't even think of one bad experience that I've had. I will say one like slightly negative experience that I've had um, was that just when I landed in Africa, I got this really bad eye infection. So I remember getting off the plane, my eyes kind of like hurt, like they were like kind of sore. And then we got there and we like ate dinner and went to bed. And then the next morning when I woke up, I'm so sorry, this is so fucking gross. They were crusted shut. I had to peel them open. And so they were bloodshot red. They hurt so bad. We went to like this random doctor and he gave me like a cream that I put in my eyes and it like cured my eyes. But my eyes have never really been the same since that. I've never checked it out. Um, I'm a trooper. So I just like went on with the rest of the day. But that was probably like a negative adjacent experience I've had out of the country. But... I would say my trip to Barcelona with um, my boyfriend this year was probably like my favorite experience out of the country just because it was really special and romantic and I had never been out of the country with like a significant other. My favorite place I've ever seen is Paris, but I've only been there once, so I don't really know it too well. 
Um, and I'm hopefully going to go to London in December to visit Veronica. I just feel like I want to deliver my book on December 1st and get on a plane and go. And I think it would be so fucking fun and amazing. So I'm kind of like, that's kind of where I'm living right now, mentally and emotionally with wanting to do that. Um, but my favorite place to visit is Paris, but I've only been there one time. So I really don't have that much ground to stand on about it, but I do love it there. Someone says, should the guy always confirm before a first date? I feel like whoever asked the on the date should confirm. So like I really if something is an hour away and no one's confirmed, I'm not going, right? And if I get asked on a date, I'm expecting you to confirm. Even if it's like, "Hey, on the way to the restaurant now," but I would just do it way before. Um and if it's like cutting into your plans and your planning for some reason, I would 100,000 billion percent just text be like, we still on. Um, but yeah, I generally, I expect people to confirm a date before it, it happens. Okay, somebody said how to not like feel insecure and beat yourself up about lack of dating experience in your 20s. I just think like, okay, imagine, it's so crazy to me, but like, imagine if like, we acted this way about anything else with women like we never ask men these questions at the same level we never make them feel badly about not being having been in relationships before so it's crazy that we do it to women but, but of course we do it all the time it's like the, the number one activity of life um and I think like if you don't have a ton of dating and relationship experience like that's fine you're not supposed to all you're supposed to do is like Find the best way every day to honor your life and your lived experience. And everybody has a different life and a different lived experience. And as long as you're doing that, that's all you're supposed to do. So we really need to cut the bullshit with the timelines and like, oh, you need to be engaged by this age. Oh, you need to have been in a relationship for this long at this. Like, it's it's crazy. I also think you need to remind yourself that being single is equivalent to being in a relationship. They're the same. Like, you as a single person are equally as valid and great and wonderful and awesome as somebody who's in a relationship there are perks and benefits to both just like anything else and the right person if you're really concerned about like how is that person going to feel when they come along they're not going to give a fuck that you don't have a ton of experience because they're going to like you for you and having relationship and dating experience doesn't really like not it doesn't really do anything like you could literally have have 25 ex-boyfriends but they were all terrible maybe you learned lessons but like I would rather just be single and only date people that I know and the universe knows are right and good and healthy for me and so I feel like you just need to be still and wait take a deep breath there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing to worry about you're going to find someone eventually one day they're going to come along and you're going to realize why you waited and the universe is going to pat you on the back and be like this is your guy this is your girl this is your person and there was no supposed to's there was no have to's they're going to accept you right as you are today you are no lesser than somebody who has been in relationships because you're not and just affirm yourself in that way and I'm so sorry if you can hear my neighbors running around and screaming upstairs they have little kids they just got a dog they just had a baby it's nuts and the walls are oh my god they're like slamming doors do you guys hear that I really, I'm going to listen back right now. I hope you hear it. Okay, in the same vein, my best friend doesn't understand why I want to be and stay single right now and makes me feel bad for not trying. That's fucking ridiculous. Like, I really don't fuck with the mentality that we have to be in a relationship to be valid or that everybody wants to be in a relationship. Like, when, when I hate when someone asks you, like, oh, are you in a relationship? And you say no. And they're like, oh, don't worry. You will be soon. It's like, I'm not fucking worried. Like, why are you pitying me? I'm not a pity party for being single. I'm an independent person. I actually pity you for that shitty fucking guy you're dating. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's the, it's the same thing where it's like not morally better to be in a relationship than it is to be single. It's especially not better to date someone just to date them when they're when it compromises your integrity or your morals and they make you feel bad and treat you bad. You would 100% rather be single. And if she's not going to respect that and is going to make you feel badly, I think you need to set a little bit of a boundary where you're like, hey... I appreciate that you're looking out for me, but I really don't like the manner with which you go about it. I love you, but I want to be single right now. And if that's a problem for you, I don't really know if we should hang out less. Like I, I'm kind of uncomfortable with it. Like I would just set that boundary or, or you can be petty. And when they're like, you like really need to start trying to date. Like, why do you want to be single so bad? It's so cringe. I would just be like, you really need to be single. Like, why are you in a relationship right now? It's so cringe. Like, I think that that is the ultimate power move. Throw it 
back at someone like if someone's like oh my god have you gained weight I would literally just be like have you like I would throw any negative toxic shitty question that someone asks me right back to them like that's an uncomfortable question like if you have to ask yourself like should I be asking this question right now I wouldn't ask it on another note if you have to say like no hard feelings or no hate or don't take this the wrong way I probably wouldn't ask it and always ask yourself how would I feel if somebody asked me or if someone told me like you should really be trying to like get out of your relationship and be single. You should really be trying to get into a relationship and date someone. You would be like let me just live. Like I think before you ask something always ask yourself if you would like to be asked that same question and then secondarily for your specific point of view and situation like I I would if someone makes you feel really badly I would just take a deep breath and I would approach it with them and say you know this is what you said this is how it made me feel use an I statement fifth grade let's go and here's how I would like to move on from this if you're okay with that as well compromise but remember there's nothing wrong with you and I'm really sorry that this person is making you feel this way okay someone said first job out of college and I realized oh my god those are my upstairs neighbors that's the sound that I hear every single morning when I wake up (laughs) first job out of college and realizing I'm not passionate about it what to do you know what I think that it's okay. I feel like there's such a pressure to have a passionate career, especially because we see it highlighted all over the internet all the time in this digital age. I think it's okay to not be passionate about your first job out of college. I wasn't. I literally got it because I had been cut off. I had loans. I needed to pay my rent in New York City. I wanted to stay here. So I got a job that I fucking hated. And I did it until I could afford to pursue my creative things. And I knew that that was always going to be my goal. And I was putting plans in place. But I think what really helped me was having my creative outlets and my passionate outlets outside of work. So the minute I logged off work, I knew I was going to go be passionate for the rest of my waking hours. And that's not like a great fix. And also coming from me where I have the privilege to be passionate about my job that might be like not the right advice that you want to hear but for me like I did the same thing like my first job out of school was something I fucking hated and I just put plans in place I had my creative outlets on the side and I waited for something to stick that I was passionate about you can always be circulating your resume around too. circulate your resume take informational interviews with your matches on LinkedIn that went to your college there's tons of things that you can be doing to prioritize that for yourself but I really think having those creative and passionate side hustles will really help you in the long run thoughts on a boyfriend going to the strip club it would really matter the person to me but if I was dating someone who I didn't trust to go to a strip club I wouldn't be dating them um I think if it's like his favorite activity that he likes to do every weekend that wouldn't fly for me because I would just wonder why he would need to have that fulfillment um in that way but if like once every six months or once a year he was going with his buddies when they were all together in the same state like I would really hope that I trust my significant other enough to go do that and not pay for any any add-ons like not cheat on me I would say um I don't I don't have a personal problem with it but that's me and every relationship is different there are people that would literally end a relationship over that again for me if it wasn't like an every single week thing and it was something he did like once or twice a year at a bachelor party whatever I wouldn't be that bothered would I be like thrilled would I be like yeah like so fun no I don't think I'd be thrilled but I would I would go to a strip club with my boyfriend like I I would have no problem doing that so that's my point of view I think like I trust him a lot and it's an every now and again kind of thing that he didn't plan I would be like whatever go have fun um but the trust is there so I think it's a bit different if you don't trust that person in that way or if they had history cheating or something like that like again everything's nuanced Ooh, okay, this one. Boyfriend says he doesn't see a future past college, but we're 20 years old and it's only been two months. I'm going to give you some tough love, but in the most loving way possible. If someone tells you they don't want to be with you, listen to them. Because you deserve to be a fuck, fucking, fuck, 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 fuckity, fuck yes, like 99.99% of the time. And if someone's telling you that you're a maybe, you're a might, you're a not now or you're a flat out no, I just, I wouldn't fight for that because I really do think you'll miss the opportunity when you're fighting with someone and begging someone to stay who told you they don't want to. And I agree with you, like it's shitty, right? Like it has only been two months and you are only 20, but he could know. And I think that we should take him at his word because, and I know it hurts and I know it fucking sucks. And I know you're not happy about it because I felt this way before and I've had the same experience. I had someone tell me that there was no future and I fought for it for over a year and I'm really upset that I did. I just want you to know that you deserve to be a fuck yes. And 
I know how frustrating that is to hear as a reason, but I promise you that once you get to the other side of this, you're going to be much better off and I'm thinking about you and sending you love and encouragement and whatever you choose to do, we're going to stand by you, but I do think that you shouldn't beg someone to stick around who said they don't want to because I think that there will be people in your life that are going to stick around that do deserve you that you do want to be with and I think that you should wait for them oh the sound effects today have just they've just been a whirl they've been a dream a vision and everything of the sort all right so that was the AMA episode. I'm so glad that we got to talk again. Like, I really missed you guys. Like, a week apart is too long. I'm going to try to figure out recording over the holiday. I don't know if it'll happen. I don't know if I'll throw a random episode at you guys. Maybe I'll make Jake come on. But we're going to figure it out. It's going to be lovely. Everything's stunning, gorgeous, never before seen. Like, it's going to be sickening. So we're going to do that. I love you guys so much. I'm thinking about you. I'm sending you good, positive energy and fun on this gorgeous stunning beautiful friday i hope that you're doing well if you're in texas i will see you soon i am hitting the road um i am really thankful for you guys and for this world of a life that i get to say i lead and for the ability to be so vulnerable and authentic with you guys week after week after week after week thank you for giving me that love and that light and that support i hope i give it to you twofold i hope that you feel very heard and seen and uplifted today Give yourself a hug, go buy yourself a treat, tag me in all your stories about the podcast, and I will see you, hopefully, next week. Love you.